Hey guys, welcome back to Divine Healing by D. Today I had an amazing conversation with Reverend John Aldridge from Utah. He is a divine intervention uh, teacher and a totem animal wheels facilitator. I notice some people when they hear that, they are wondering what do those things mean. When I found him, um, I thought the same, so I thought I really need to talk to him. And then it turned into a conversation about abundance and cash and attracting more money in our lives. And I got very deep and a little bit personal. And he was just so sweet, so warm, so helpful, so wise. So I really hope you guys enjoy this episode because I really enjoyed talking to him. And I hope maybe it'll cause a few of you to reach out to him to create your own wheels or have a session because um, these healing modalities are very very heavy they are serious they're not for the faint of heart and he tells people that so if any of these listeners are trying to find new healing modalities that are maybe a little bit more extreme they've tried everything else hasn't really helped i totally totally recommend to uh, talk to reverend john so i hope you guys enjoy this episode hi reverend john yes hi hi how are you i'm well thanks how are you i'm well thank you how was your weekend it's been pretty good we've got wildfires out here and the area is really smoky ash is falling kind of a weird light interesting how's like the breathing quality not good not good yeah, Mm-mm. last time I experienced that was in the valley in California, and I uh-huh. had I had difficulty breathing. So not fun. You know, yeah. not fun. And um, my background is in natural resources, mm-hmm. so I used to be a forester oh, and wow. studied um, firefighting and fire ecology. And it really seems as though, with all of the fuel in the forest right now that hasn't burned mm-hmm. due to a concept called fire suppression. Um, it's it's a bit like a ticking time bomb. So either these government agencies can kind of prescribe burns and manage that, or mm-hmm. it just gets out of control like the way that it is now. And I know everybody's on edge. Oh yeah. With these fires, so I just want to like help ground it. You know. Oh, that's yeah. so interesting. Can you give like a little <laughs> bit more of a bio about yourself and sure. everything that you do? Yeah, thank you. So my name is John Aldridge. I live in Moab, Utah. Mm. I grew up in the Midwest, single parent, moved around quite a bit. Um, anyway, I was uh, I was raised Pentecostal, so it was a rather kind of out there church with mm. um, electric guitars and drum sets and speaking in tongues. And I always knew that I was really connected to a higher power, an energy that I couldn't describe. Wow. And I did feel like a bit of a separation between my identity and the church and the church community. But um, anyway, I moved to Colorado after high school and uh, studied forestry, then did AmeriCorps and became a trail builder and an environmental educator and worked in that realm in Massachusetts and Oregon, Utah, New Hampshire, for about 10 years and kind of shifted into healing Mm. 
So now I'm a certified practitioner of divine intervention and a certified practitioner of totem language wheels. I just started my practice in March. Um, oh, right wow. in the onset of COVID. <laughs> yeah, I like got my business <laughs> license all together. Something as soon we kind of have in common. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's when I started to take it more to the professional route. Yes, I did. Right. Yeah, yeah, like leveled up, you know. We leveled have, up, you know, yeah. We have all this time and no more excuses and this work needs to be done. So let's Absolutely. get right to it. You know? Wow, that's so <laughs> interesting. Can you give a little bit more of the background on divine intervention and totem wheels? Because these are two things that I've heard of divine intervention more. Totem wheels I have no knowledge about. So when I read that you did this, I said, this guy needs to educate me. I need to hear about it now because it sounds fascinating. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for reaching out. Of course. So divine intervention is one of those terms that I think we do hear a lot in, mm -hmm. in popular culture. There are songs from the 80s. Like there's this one like, are you man enough? And it has the line divine intervention in it. Mm. Um, so it, there's the broad term and then there's the specific healing modality of divine intervention. Yes. That's where the difference and, is that we need to clarify. Yeah, kind of pinned down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so divine intervention is an unbroken lineage of healers who use ancient Mayan techniques. Okay. These come from um, the curanderos of Mexico. Wow. And the teachings have been passed through physical contact, through lecture, through um, dream time, through mm -hmm. light grids, uh, from one student to teacher to the next. And essentially, divine intervention, um, all or all divine interventionists believe in the power of infinite source. So okay. when we tap into the great spirit and we open ourselves up to allow source to flow through us into our lives, devitalized energy can be removed from the body or removed from the auric field. Essentially, it's a combination of dimensions and frequencies that a healer emits, puts out there, um, serving as a conduit for source to come in. I see. Mm -hmm. And so that works on the physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, and material planes. It also works across timelines uh, through oh, wow. the DNA, through past lives. So it's, it's rather, um, well, it's the most clear, most profound, powerful healing modality that I've ever experienced. It sounds that way. If this is something that could affect your children, your children's children, I mean, it's powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in the beginning, in my experiences with divine intervention, I had a lot of baggage as I mm -hmm. was, you know, working into uh, becoming a healer. And right. It was almost like a fast track or like a quickening to um, pull all of that devitalized energy from my, my bloodline, essentially, my DNA and my energy field. I hadn't spoken to my father in over 12 years. Yeah. And when I, when I like began the, initia the, uh, the initiation, mm. I, w I wrote a letter to my dad and forgave him right away. And wow. it was like, wow, I just ripped off this big Band-Aid. Why have I been holding myself back from connecting to this man? You know, why has, have I allowed my pain to affect my life to such an extent? That's amazing. And I realize, 
I realize now that that was essential to me becoming a healer. Oh, I, for sure. Oh. I believe that we choose our families because yes. we choose the lessons that we need to learn very early on in life. And I needed to understand um, separation kind of... Uh, neglect, mm. abuse, domestic violence, wow. um, very early and poverty very early on in life so that I could help people now. Wow. Divine intervention just blows me away. I could talk about it forever. I want to get to your next question, which is about totem <laughs> language wheels. Yeah. Well, I wanted to, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to tell oh, you okay. something interesting. I'm yeah. sitting outside in the park because the weather is great and a black cat just walked by me as you're speaking. So I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that. If that Cute. had anything, if that had anything to do with what we're going to discuss next, or any symbolism, so continue. Well, I think it does. You know, it does? first of all, sure. you're in a space where you're aware of what's going on around you. Yes. Perhaps if we weren't having this conversation in the here and now, that black cat may have walked right by you, and you would have just thought, "Oh, yeah. oh, cool." <laughs> Not related. <laughs> no. I don't think there are any coincidences. That's exactly what I say all the time. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about Sue Storm, who's my teacher. Okay. Nice. Let's because see. she she helped me to learn what I know, well, a lot of what I know through divine intervention and totem okay. language wheels. She um she created the totem language wheel modality and then made it available as an online course for people to become certified as practitioners. Oh, awesome. So once I met Sue in Thailand and, and I went through the process of becoming a divine interventionist mm -hmm. and returned to the United States, I had the passion to expand my um, identity as a healer while also kind of bringing in that breadth of experience in environmental education and natural resources. Mm. And I wanted to work with animals specifically in, in my magic, you know, with clients and totem language wheels came up. Mm. So those are really neat, very different from divine intervention. Essentially, uh, a, a totem is an em energy that's emanated in someone's auric field. Mm. When certain animals and their attributes, their characteristics, their wisdom um, are paired with the energy of a color, Okay. And then placed an intention, some magical things can happen. Huh. So, for example, as I was starting out, I was, I was essentially transforming, being rebirthed. Mm -hmm. And the, the totem that was active in my auric field was a butterfly. Wow. Okay. Butterflies start out as an egg. Then they become caterpillars and they... Yeah. move around trying to find the right tree. Sometimes we think we're butterflies when we're actually caterpillars. Um, anyway, there's a lot of pressure around a caterpillar to find the right safe spot. And then they begin that cocoon. And that's a lot of pressure too. It's dark right. in there. It's tight. Um, there's a lot happening. And as the, as the pressure kind of condenses around the caterpillar in this chrysalis, they're also exerting kind of an outward pressure of that expansion, you know, and then they transform into the butterfly. And it's often like the most painful thing for, for like a caterpillar to then come out right. of the cocoon as a butterfly. They're genetically distinct organisms. 
And um, butterflies are incredible. They can fly thousands of miles through harsh winds and rain with the most delicate wings. Um, and that was the symbol, a totem, um, an energy that I really needed to help me through my transition as I went from a teacher who was burning out in environmental education, you know, into a more grounded individual, a healed masculine energy on this planet, and then a practitioner, you know? Wow. Okay, so, so we've got the energy of the butterfly, like maybe right. it's um, that transformation energy. But if you add a color, you get different things. So this is kind of aligned with the chakras, like the red. I was just going to ask that. I was just going to say that. Wow. <laughs> so you're very intuitive. I guess. <laughs> I, I'd hope so. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> so the color red represents action, activity. Right. And if you have a butterfly that's red, it's the activity of transformation, the activity yes. of awakening. Right. Orange is all about that second chakra. And so this mm -hmm. is how we co-create with others. Sure. So an orange butterfly represents co-creation in that transformation. Mm. Um, and it's not just Roy G. Biv. We get all other colors like lavender and pink and moccasin and copper. And they all do different things for different purposes. Oh, wow. So when a client comes to me and asks me to create a totem language wheel for them, I'm, mm -hmm. first of all, I'm excited. But second of all, that's great. I want to yeah. I want to figure out really what's going on in their energy and in their auric field. What is the specific problem? And ultimately, what's the origin of it? What do you think most people come to you for the, for a totem wheel? Like what's the main issue in their life with like a commonality? Well, I get a lot of folks coming for relationship advice, right. for self-worth, for mm. transformation. Um, and then like a lot of folks might have a lot of scattered energy. They have, there's so much that they love and they just want to combine it oh, into yes. one project. That used to be me. That used to be me. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. I recently did a totem language wheel for a a nonprofit kind of activist group out in Rhode Island because... They were, uh, they were very active and connected right. prior to COVID-19. But as that kind no. of isolation in place set, I think that these um, advocacy workers started to isolate themselves personally, mm -hmm. emotionally, and there was like a lack of connection there. So we created Aww. a wheel essentially to increase that support among those community members uh, that's and, great so you can do it for groups as well not just individually yeah and i was i was really excited that like an environmental activist group reached out to me to have a wheel because i think activists and people who are passionate about justice and about our planet and human life mm -hmm. need support oh for sure just and like it's really easy do. just oh, like yeah. healers need to lean on each other and that's the plan with this podcast connect everybody you can't do it alone. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But I can do my part. I can try. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. And it's all the better if you feel like really supported and grounded with a network of people that I, lift yeah. you up, Absolutely. that share Absolutely. those commonalities. So, yeah, That's I don't know. I think what we all need is a bit of that connection and trust right now. Mm, totally. And then we need to be very aware that we are the administrators of our time, energy, money, love, care. 
And we need to be mindful of how we are leaking our energy. Mm. Uh, like I with felt, people and different careers and just who we share our energy with, right? Right, or, or what we share or our energy what? with. Or what, exactly. Yeah. What, what else? If you're going to a job and you leave it just feeling exhausted, mm -hmm. that, that job may not be serving your highest good. Correct, yes. If you're in a relationship with someone and you feel like they're always asking for more, for more, for more, mm -hmm. whose job is it to create a boundary that says, this is the appropriate level of care or love or time or physical contact or emotional labor that I'm going to it's your offer job. To this interact exactly. It's your job. So I believe that you know, as a healer, one of my greatest roles is to help empower people to see that. Where are the leaks in my energy field? How can I direct my focus so that my energy serves my highest good? That's amazing. Um, what was I gonna ask? Oh, is there anything <laughs> that it doesn't help or it doesn't assist? Like, have you found anybody who just came to you and are like, listen? I was really excited for this. Like, I put faith in you, but I just feel like it didn't deliver the results I wanted. What would you tell somebody like that? Well, first of all, yes, you're right. There are topics in like the human experience that mm -hmm. may not be in the best alignment for a totem language wheel. Okay. Uh, if anybody comes to me, I'm not going to accept them as a client. Oh, okay. I know, I know that my clients are coming to me from source. So right. the ones who are really supposed to receive a wheel, I just know. I just know. Mm, that's good. Um, I, I won't create a wheel if somebody wants to do something that's not in the highest good of all beings. Good. So if somebody wants to give their ex-boyfriend warts on the bottom of their <laughs> exactly. feet, that's not a sacrifice that I'm willing no, to like not. devote my energy to. That wouldn't make you a real healer. Let's be real. Right. That wouldn't make you an honest, authentic healer. Additionally, I think that if people, I, I would not create a wheel for like willful, willful ignorance. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I think this is real and this isn't for the faint of heart. This isn't for folks who are um, interested in consuming it. magic. This is serious, ah, sacred. Serious. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. If a client comes to me and they're not really quite sure, I say, well, you know, if, if, let's feel it out. I can create the wheel. I can let you know if it's not the appropriate tool for you, if I feel that. Mm. Um, but I'm happy to try it out. You know, if, if you think that this is not going, if this is going to work and maybe right. you don't have any other option, um, the wheels last in the person's auric field for at least 30 days. So if it's not a good fit, we could create another one. Oh, that's good. So you give that option as well. That's good. Yeah. Well, and you can have multiple wheels spinning multiple. at once. You can have a personal wheel for your auric field. You can have a stationary wheel for your cash or for your, your romance or for your home. Uh... And then you can have a spirit wheel for this thing that you want to create. So, like, let's say somebody really wants to bring in a new business into their life. You yes. Know? Yeah, I was just going to ask something like that. <laughs> Does it help with cash flow? Does it help with that area? Mm -hmm. it, yeah, so it can help you with your cash flow but again you know you are the administrator of your cash flow 
<laughs> right. So you have to also have a positive attitude. Just keep acting like you have that amount of cash that you're desiring. Am I like getting it a little bit? Yeah. And you've got to be real about the blocks that you have for your cash flow. And you've got mm-hmm. to be ready to, to bust through those limitations. Why do mm-hmm. most people have blocks with cash flow, regardless of how much time, energy, uh, you know, money that they put into like an idea or a business? Why do some people just have that? Is it from family line? Is it just the karma that they bring into this world? Because I see so many people like they put so much time and energy and money into businesses and work. And it's just it takes it takes forever. And then some people well, have it like yeah. this easy nothing right it's blu- it's fluid abundant yeah yeah you know i think that there's a lot of folks who are out there who are going to be able to answer that question in a hundred different ways you know right. and all of those answers are true interesting yeah uh, what's, the, what's that, reverend john's way <laughs> i think it's about fear, fear. and okay. it's about scarcity that's a big one yeah. um the programming that we receive from our parents and and kind of immediate environments when we're young absolutely affects our relationship to cash if you have low self-worth yeah you're not going to have a lot of cash wow if your relationship to yourself is rooted in scarcity your cash is going to be an expression of that. That's good. Yes, I agree. Um, I, w- I would say that the energy of cash is like a wave. Mm. Sometimes you have a lot of cash. Sometimes right. you don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you have love for the cash that you have, if you have a sincere feeling of gratitude, you're in abundance. And so then right. you attract more reasons to be abundant. But if you're at the bottom of the wave, it's really hard to kind of see anything else. You know, oh, how am I going to pay this? I've got to go to work. I can't hang out with you right now because I've got to make money because I've got this bill that's due. It's like this toxic spin. Yes. It's a tailspin. And I think that, well, money used to just be about exchange, right? Right. Cash was, oh, you've got a cow. I've got 30 of these ducks. Do you want to make an exchange? And that's rooted in value. I know that these are the best ducks out there. (laughs) Right. Marriages happen because of those exchanges. Yeah. So that's a whole new level. That's a whole new level. Right. My teacher, Sue Storm, told me once that cash energy was the same energy as love. Wow. And I... I feel like there has been a bit of a, a perversion of the element of cash in our society. That's a great word for it. Competition, <laughs> scarcity, demand, mm. power. It's the root of all evil. And, it, and also it allows you to do things. It allows you to flow freely. So if you believe that cash is the root of all evil, then, you know. It is. If that's a belief then there will be a manifestation of that belief. Uh, I used to believe my, I, my parents were, I guess I would call them thrifty, maybe mm-hmm. even cheap. Mm. Um, <laughs> they did not like to spend money. I see. And they also, there, I think that there was a limitation to how much they could hold at a time. I feel like there was a belief in our ancestral line that said it was, dangerous it was unsafe to have a lot of money that's interesting really 
And so, you know, when you get a check, like maybe you get a stimulus check, you get stimulated with abundance. Do you feel like you've got to spend it as quickly as possible? Because that may be an indicator that in your DNA, there's an element of a poverty consciousness that says it's unsafe to hold on to your cash. Really? No, mine is I have to save it. I can't touch it. That's my belief. And and so then there's this other side of the coin, I guess. Mm. So, well, you've cash is a wave, right? It's like a river. It flows. Um, If you are holding on to your cash and you're not spending it. Yeah. What are you asking for the universe? You know, like we, we earn cash to spend it. You have enough. I have enough. I don't want, no, I want more. It's not that I, wow. Mm. I want to spend, I want to have cash coming to me and flowing out of me very abundantly, expressively. I want to flow freely about my environment. I want to give to the people that I love and the causes that I care about. And I find when I give an amount of money, mm-hmm. it just comes right back to me. Or if I set a goal, I'm going to, I'm going to get that, you know, extra client this week because I really want those gold shoes, you know? Right. If, if, like those ASICs are hot and those are mine. They've got my name all over it. And so like, I'm creating this goal. I'm doing the work. There's a reward out there. If I reach, if I reach the goal, but I don't reward myself. Then there's this push and pull. There's this mixed energy. It's kind of split. So we need to be very intentional about the role that cash plays in our lives, our relationship to it, Mm -hmm. how it affects other things in our lives that matter to us. And then if there's an opportunity to change, be open because honestly, I mean, I've Hmm. been in the situations where my family had no money, zero dollars, mm-hmm. like, and yet I always had something to eat. I always had a place to live. Amazing. Yeah. I'm so grateful for that. You know, I wasn't meant to be in poverty for the rest of my life. I was you meant to, no. to learn about poverty so that I could help people. Yeah. I, I think one, one element of, of cash that's, Missing is the love and the appreciation there. And it, it, I don't know, is cash sacred? Uh, That's a good question. Yeah, that is a good question. Is it sacred? I feel, yes, I think it is. Just because I grew up with the mentality to be a saver, uh, to not waste. I saw other people suffer. Um, I saw my parents work hard for it. Uh I work hard for it, I believe. So to me, I would say, yes, it's sacred. When I'm walking down the street and I see a penny on the ground, I pick it up. Yeah. And I'm like, I read it. And it says, in God, we trust. And I feel as grateful for that penny as I would a hundred clients. Because I want to show source. I want to show the universe that I'm ready to receive abundance. Um, There's a belief that you have to work hard in order to be financially abundant. Is that true? 
I beg to differ. I, I mean, it, yeah, it's a belief and that belief has truth to it, right? That may be someone's lived experience, but there is, there is more wealth in the hu human kind of environment than ever before. And there are some people who do very, very little work and yet they have all of this abundance in cash. And so I just say that to kind of, as, as an opportunity for reflection, like what is my relationship to work? We're cutting up a little bit. I'm not sure if it's my suit. Like I was saying, um, I probably now need to reflect on uh, how I see work because I always, I associate it with really working hard, making a lot of sacrifices, um, not exactly having the best mindset. So I think maybe that's why I feel this kind of like blockage in some areas with business. And now I'm like thinking like I need to change my mindset on it because a lot of people they don't work as hard as me and they are just attracting abundance. So I'm going to try my best to kind of take, you know, do what they're doing and try to adopt their, you know, how maybe they, create your own, how they do stuff, create so. your own way of doing things. You know, there's, you okay. don't, you don't have to do anything the way other people do. It's your life. You're creating a reality, you know? So how right. does your relationship to work need to improve? That's on, that's your creative journey. That's exciting. Right. It is exciting, but I feel like the past like few years, I did create this way mm -hmm. of my own way of doing things. And I, I don't find that it's like worked as well as I wanted it to, or just maybe I'm just a super perfectionist and I need things to happen right away, which I know I'm I do. A, I'm a perfectionist as well. And my family, so. my ancestors did believe you have to work hard <laughs> in order to be successful. Even if you didn't, even if the outcome wasn't yes. success. And I realized that I have as growing up, right. just had this perfectionist energy uh, around what I'm producing, what I'm creating. And my relationship to that like aspect of myself is, it, it has always kind of evolved. So in one sense, I'm really grateful for my perfectionist tendencies because I can deliver on point, you know, but at the same time, right. it might be a That's little unhealthy, true. you know, because I spend a lot of time ensuring Very. it's just yeah, so. It could be. So I've needed to shift from perfectionism mm. as a goal to simply uh, impeccability as a goal. Which takes into consideration mm. that learning and performance is a process. And if you wake up, if you go to work, if right, you get there on is. time, and if you try your best, even if everything falls apart, even if it's not perfect, there's still great value in the work that is done. Even more so because Absolutely. it doesn't have that, that so toxic true. tendency of everything must be right, everything must be in control you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, you're Do you good. Yeah, Virgo my moon in is in you? Virgo. <laughs> uh, Ooh, spicy. I'm a triple okay, Virgo. so you're how? <laughs> spicy? Wow, that that I've never heard. I've heard other things like no. oh, poor you. 
Oh, that's <laughs> Leslie Nope is a Virgo, I think. <laughs> she's yeah, and you can really see oh, yeah. the like perfectionist tendencies in hers, and then how she spirals out and then burns to a crisp, you know. But uh, as her character yeah. kind of advances in Parks and Rec, she shows more impeccability with her word, with her actions. Virgo all the way. I love Virgos. Cool. <laughs> I. Yeah, what's your my son what's is your Capricorn. Your rising, my rising sign is Aquarius. Okay, that's good. So that's... here I am. Ah, <laughs> I see that makes this makes sense now. Okay, interesting. Here you are. It, yeah, with Aquarius the kind of um, topics of humanity and technology, energy, and also maybe uniqueness, disruptions to yes. the flow of what is normal. I'm a gay man, so like it can be very um, shocking for people when they first experience my energy, and that's the ascendant talking, you know. And and it's taken a while uh. for me to recognize that that ascendant, how I show up in the world as Aquarius, is powerful. You know, it can change the right. energy of a room just by walking in. And so, as a healer, and knowing that about myself that underlines or emboldens the importance of responsibility and honoring your energy, you know? So. But, but our Aquarians, like this is what I've heard that Aquarians are very, um, it's very easy for them to remain detached in romantic relationships. Well, this is my ascendant. Like, um, uh, maybe, Mm. There are a lot of Aquariuses out there. Maybe, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like something I've seen with a lot of Aquarians. They're like, yeah, like, I don't feel anything. Yeah, I'd like, be interested. What? In, what is the Venus in that person's chart? Like, no. You know, it could be afflicted. Yeah. 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 That's also, true. there's just, that's there's true. no black oh, or so white answer in any of this stuff. It's all gray. Right. <laughs> I know. That's why we can have hundreds of podcasts and shows and, yeah, books right? written about this yeah. so what's your favorite part of being a healer getting to witness someone's personal shift the change the transformation on the on the cellular level and then mm. seeing that kind of I ripple love that outward too. yeah that's meaningful when when someone that's beautiful says wow john yeah. you really helped me um like i found the relationship Aww. that i wanted i think what like <laughs> I, I i i didn't know you know that's beautiful it's exciting to see how as i've shifted myself and the way that i live my life in authenticity as a healer how even mm-hmm. my family has initiated their own personal healing experiences yes it's beautiful oh my gosh yes i get like so happy when my sisters come up to me and they like want to share their dreams or their I have one sister, she's really into human design and it's something that we like connect over and we can talk about for like hours. And I just love watching them just grow spiritually and like come to me and like share their ideas and just, I totally agree. It's one and, of my and, favorite you know, parts if, if a family member's in crisis it's wonderful. and that you've known mm-hmm. them all their life and perhaps you understand how they respond to crisis, right? If When I see them doing something in a new way that's more conscious, that's more love-centered, I'm like, 
you know, it brings me to tears. Mm-hmm. I've got chills now. Just, just like, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, because it could be Thinking life or death. In a in events yeah. that are chaotic around you, you know, could attract danger or it could attract opportunity. I just. Mm. Oh my God, that's so deep. And here we wow. are in this space where everything seems that's like amazing. it's falling apart. There's, there are many. Yeah. And it's going to get worse, apparently. Soon, Honestly, right? if you have a wound that's infected, you've got to, mm-hmm. you, this is grim, but you've got to right. cut it open. You've got to spread it wide. You've got to look at it. You've got to see it for what it is. And then you've got to scour it out. And I have this mm. feeling that over the, the course of humanity, that, there, that we have allowed some wounds to not be fully healed. So now we're in this space of like true sure. self-reflection. Um, we get to see what's going on. Healing is not a right. comfortable process. It, it can be very painful. And yeah, sometimes it does need to fall or feel like it's falling apart before it does get better. But life, life is a wave, you know, and if you're at the bottom of the wave and you want to get to the top, all you really got to say is, I'm at the bottom of the wave. I'm going to fix this. And then your life was going to improve. I had a friend who would say that she would ask me, she's like, oh, like, how's dating, whatever relationships, this and that. And I'd be like, uh sucks it's terrible she'd be like well it can only go Mm -hmm. up from here i'd be like oh what a mindset (laughs) so where do you see yourself spiritually in the next five years do you see yourself adopting like new healing modalities or just advancing with totem wheels and see well with my spiritual identity in five years my my hope is that right Mm -hmm. now the soil that i'm preparing and the seeds that i'm planting are going to create a relationship in spirit that is so sparkly, that is so fully abundant. Um, and now when it comes Love to that. like my practice, of course, I, I, I would mm-hmm. like to see growth and expansion, deeper, wider connections right. with people from all over the world. I don't really see myself attracting new modalities in the next five years to work with um, because I would like to... Okay you've got to learn how to walk before you can fly. And I think divine intervention okay. is like a lifetime commitment. So I would like to become a teacher of divine intervention in the future. And actually this is a good, this is okay. a good place to say that if any of, if you or any of your listeners are inspired by the. Yes. Where can they find you and where, how can they reach you if they want to? Well, my website is rootedlifehealing.com. I'm on Instagram, um, rooted.life.healing. Uh, I'm even on TikTok. That's, that's fun. That's new. <laughs> I'm loving TikTok. Um, You're loving TikTok? Uh, that's great. You can visit my teacher's website. It's stormshineacademy.com. Sue Storm and her partner, Jamie, are hosting another training for divine intervention Mm -hmm. in May 2021. So if any of your listeners want to meet these teachers or meet me, we'll be in Bali and we will be 
certifying people in this big expansive yeah <gasps> yeah that's amazing bali always want yeah to it bali. is uh i'm really looking forward to it and i'm just start so i'm starting the teacher training in that so this involves a lot mm-hmm. of dream amazing. like dream work so exciting and uh mm. just it's it's a lot of shadow work too yeah yeah I'd, I'd assume that that's so cool. I'm so glad we got to talk and I really think I learned a lot today from you and I really appreciate you coming I am, and speaking to me. You're welcome. I am so Thank grateful you, for John. like you reaching out, but also I think more importantly, the vulnerability and the trust in our conversation mm-hmm. and with our listeners, I can feel it. Yes. Yes. And me too. I got, there's love. Today. There's love here. If you know, <laughs> we got this. So Yeah keep Thank doing what you. you're doing i'm inspired by your podcast i love seeing folks you who too. just like started Thank really you. with so much momentum so good for you Thank you so much i can't wait to see what you do with totem wheels and divine intervention i'm pretty sure soon i'm going to tell everybody well i had him on my podcast and i'd love to work with you if you'd like to schedule so. a session t- sometime please reach out <laughs> Oh yeah Oh, of course. I'm going to look into it. Thank you so much, Reverend John. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Mm